fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. I'm F. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It's a 30-something movie podcast. Back once again, we are smack dab in the middle of family month. And this time around, we've got Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Well, don't tell Pat and don't tell Bo that they're here to talk about a movie that may or may not have angered some of them. We'll find out. How you guys? How you doing? Great. Just fine. John, how are you? Come on to the podcast. We'll talk about movies. It'll be a great time. Pat, I always love your honesty. I appreciate that about you. Yeah, you never have to worry about Pat pulling his punches. That is no. for sure. No. Now, Paddle. In fact, I I knew well because he was he was texting on our uh, our little text thread, and I had actually just watched this movie for the first time. This is the first time I'd seen this movie, and I had just watched this movie for the first time the day before he texted everybody. And when he started in and and was like, "Guys, I'm like two minutes into the movie, and I'm already mad." <laughs> yeah, I did like, not imagine Pat would jive with uh, some things here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know they say new year new you i'm trying to be like just hey i don't want to yuck anyone's yum and i mean this without sarcasm because oh feel, yo, feel free to yuck it okay well i was gonna say but <laughs> if if we keep with past form chances are they might become a patron and then i got well, you know true. so i uh i'm just gonna be careful it just or maybe that means we get more maybe that means we get more patreon patrons because you you, I, you insult the movie and then all of a sudden somebody's like hey yes. i'd like to sign up and yeah, yeah. i just this mm, yeah um i can't mm. read the i can't read the text word for word <laughs> But basically it says, hey, all hope you're all doing well. Looking forward to tomorrow. Speaking of, I'm 2.5 mm-hmm minutes into this mm-hmm movie. I'm mm-hmm wonderful mm-hmm movie. Mm-hmm. Does it mm-hmm get any better or should I move all breakable objects out of the room? <laughs> to which I responded, wow, I've never heard anyone get so angry at Father of the Bride. <laughs> oh, this was not Father of the Bride. Right? <laughs> it was his next response. Oh, no, my friend. <laughs> and then one of the guys was just like, "Whoa, you had a problem with Father of the Bride?" Like, like someone went <laughs> yeah. down that that Kinda particular just ran rabbit hole. He hated Father uh, of the Bride. Yeah, context I, I, is what is it they say? Context is for kings. Mm-hmm. I I thought that would have been fun to try last week when we did Father of the Bride. Like, go for see how long to go. Like playing the devil's advocate and just being like, "Yeah, this just wasn't a good movie, mm-hmm. guys." <laughs> you know, and. I really side. I really side with the father, and I, I kind of wish he hadn't softened on his original yeah. position. And I, you know, I feel like he gave in too early. 
Yeah, I just, you know, just see how long I could go with it and mm-hmm. before being kicked off the podcast. Oh, yeah. I'll f- never kick you off the podcast. I don't know. No, no. I would sit back and rub my hands together and just be like, excellent. <laughs> watch it happen, man. Let's, let's mm-hmm. see how far we can push Pat. <laughs> Meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I just, well, we'll get into it. I just, oh, like yeah, I we'll, said, we'll talk. wasn't my thing. Wasn't yeah. my thing. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Well, this one is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Uh, quick spoiler alert. We're going to spoil the movie because we're going to talk about it. But we may mention other movies as we're talking, and we may spoil those too. So just be aware. Uh, visit our website if you have not already, 30podcast.com. There are some places there where you can rate the podcast. You can leave us a voicemail. You can become a co-executive producer by supporting us on Patreon. If you do that, you also get access to some exclusive episodes that we have on there. Um And there are some other benefits that go along with uh, supporting us on Patreon. So you get an opportunity to either pick one of the movies that we talk about, maybe even come on the show with us and you can talk about one of our movies. Um, So there's all kinds of different stuff over there. So go check that out. You can find all that at 30podcast.com. So I do have Pat and I have Bo with me tonight. So glad you guys are here. So interested in talking about this movie. Yeah, great to be here, John. And a special shout out to our patrons. Thank you guys for your continued support. That's very, very cool. Yeah, thank always, you. Uh, always good to be here with you gentlemen and uh, talking movies. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think we have a whole lot of news this time around. There's not too, too much going on right now in the in the movie world. But um, so we'll just go ahead and jump on into this one. So, again, this one is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Came out on the 7th of June, 1991, rated PG-13 with a runtime of one hour and 42 minutes. Directed by Stephen Herrick, who also did Critters, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, and the 1993 version of The Three Musketeers. Producers on this one, um, apparently this was not a good movie to produce because three out of the four are dead. Uh, Robin Newmeyer died in 2005. Julia Phillips died in 2002. Brian Riley died in 2011. And Jeffrey Silver must have killed the rest of them because he's still alive. Um, I don't know. I figured this movie is, is a little dark and morbid. So let's go. You know, let's just roll with it. Uh, Newmeyer. Oh, here you go, Pat. Newmeyer also produced one of your other favorite movies, uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Oh, yeah, that was was Um, weird. Phillips produced The Sting and Taxi Driver. Riley produced... Those are good ones. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's see. Riley produced Don Juan DeMarco and The Santa Claus. And Silver produced Tron Legacy and Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, or what was that one? What was the other title of that one? Uh, Rinse, Die, Repeat? <laughs> or something like that? Okay. Um, writers for this one were Neil Landau and Tara Eisen. Landau did the TV series Undressed and a cartoon movie called Tad the Explorer. And the only thing Eisen wrote for was one episode. There was one other TV episode, but I forget which one. And one episode of Doogie Howser, M.D. Cinematography was done by Tim Surstedt, who also did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, the movie Idiocracy. I love that movie. I know Baron with all that starving bull and the dust storms. Are we running out of French fries and burrito coverings? Yeah, that's a good movie. And uh, Critters. Music was done by David Newman, who also did Throw Mama from the Train, Little Monsters and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Budget on this one was 
Yes. Uh, budget on this one was 10 million. Box office was 25.1 million. Flick metrics gives it a 55%. And cinema score gives it an A minus. Let me repeat that for the listening audience. Cinema score gives it an A minus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get into nope. this. The one person that they bought free nachos <laughs> for at the bar and said, hey, there you go. what do you think of the movie? What do you think Not of the movie? <laughs> I'll tell you what I think of the movie. <laughs> I'd get Superman. See, I'm going to pull that comment back because I I sound like I, I don't want to be yucking someone's yum. And I don't want to be making fun of someone for liking a movie that I disliked. And that's not my thing. And I'm sorry. Well, I mean that. That's fine. I'm going to turn it around and, and, and I'm going to yum your yuck. So... <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I was going to ask, but I decided I wasn't sure I want to I, maybe, I'm gonna, maybe I'm just going to go the opposite of what you say, Pat, and I'm going to say I love this movie. I, you know what? Just, I just for the, Just for the sake of debate. <laughs> That's probably not going to happen. All right. Well, this one was starring Christina Applegate, uh, mm. who played... All right. Here's a question. I, I'm going to start getting into it. We're not even done with the intro part of it. <laughs> At what part in this stupid, stupid movie did her? <laughs> How'd you feel about the movie? Well, don't mince words. Um, at what point in the movie did her name change to Swell? Because a bunch of people kept calling her Swell. I think it's it's the it's a it's a teenage way of abbreviating Suellen to Suell, and it just sort of yeah, and and, and I get that it's still stupid. I get it. I didn't say it wasn't stupid. No, I, I said know. that's what they're doing. Okay, all right. <laughs> I I did not pick up on that. Like I did not pick up on the fact that that was her name. So, and I was confused. And I pretty much watch every movie with the captioning on. So, yeah, I was doubly confused. So anyway, her name now, is Sue Ellen. I'll admit. This is, and and Pat, don't be self-conscious when I say what I'm about to say. That's fine. Um, I've watched this movie a lot in my day because my wife enjoys it. I'm sorry, Bo. Oh, I'm Bo sorry, loves Donna. this movie. I'm Pat. So sorry. Pat, why do you hate Bo's wife? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was talking. I gave her. I'm sorry. I've recommended Mustang movies. Bo, love your wife. She's awesome. That's okay. Donna's Donna's going to become a Patreon member now. (laughs) Just to mess with Pat. You you insulted her movie, so she's gonna (laughs) she's gonna become a Patreon member. Come on and and pick a movie for us to watch that you're absolutely gonna hate. Maybe she'll Uh, pick Pearl Harbor. Maybe anything's possible. Uh, No, I I even think she did not like like that one. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. All right. Well, Chris, we haven't even got through the first person on the cast. Um, so, Christina I'm Applegate. Sorry, oh, I'm sorry, Donna. I really am. I really am. You worry way too much about that. I, I know. Donna. I know. Donna, he's not sorry. He hates every movie you've ever loved. Yeah. I'm it's, just. It's I, what Pat does. You can't spell, you can't spell Cantagallo without can't. Ooh! When the ki- when the kid fell off the roof and got like seriously injured because his brother was neglectful, that was entertaining. That was really dramatic and good. I just didn't I appreciate- understand. I'm sorry. I appreciate Pat. Don't worry. There's nothing to understand about this movie. But we're gonna once we do finally get through the cast and the trailer and the everything else. Okay. I am so gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> that one down. I'm gonna see an apple game. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, I, I am gonna talk a little bit because I was curious. I you know. 
like a cat. That's why my friends call me Whiskers. Um, I started to go look for reviews. <laughs> yes. Oh God! Can we can we take a minute? <laughs> well, we've got all the time in the world, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Whew. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, she was in Bad Moms. I don't know if you guys knew that. Bad Moms, uh, married with children Excellent. and Anchorman. It's a yes. smelly pirate. Anchorman. That's yep. right. It's a smelly pirate. Never mind. Um, Joanna Cassidy was Rose Lindsay. She was in Blade Runner and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. John Getz played Gus. He was in The Fly and Zodiac. Josh Charles played Brian. He was in Dead Poet Society and Sports Night. Keith Coogan played Kenny. He was in Adventures and Babysitting. I get he's typecast, I guess. And Toy Soldiers. Uh, Conchetta or Concetta Tomei. Um, I don't think related to Marissa. Uh, she played the mom. She was in Deep Impact in the TV series Providence. David Duchovny played Bruce. He was in Bruce. He was in The X Files and Californication. Kimmy Robertson played Kathy. She was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and the 91 version of Beauty and the Beast. Jane Brooke played Carolyn. She was in Gattaca and Star Trek Discovery. Um, and that's what I kept seeing her at that reception desk. I'm like, where do I know you from? Admiral. Where do I know you from? <laughs> there will be whales. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there be a whale of a bad movie here. Uh, <clears throat> Hello, computer. Um, let's talk that movie. Keyboard. Uh, Ed quick. Rice Marin, who died in 1998, played Mrs. Sturak. She was in The Black Cauldron, Ghostbusters, and Turner and Hooch. Uh, Robert High Gorman played Walter. He was in Forever Young and Forever Young and Leprechaun. And Danielle Harris played Melissa. She was in Halloween Four and The Last Boy Scout. Sue Ellen Crandall is a teenager eagerly awaiting her mother's summer-long absence. While her uh, while the babysitter looks after her rambunctious rambunctious a uh, rambunctious younger sibling, Sue Ellen can party and have fun. But then the babysitter abruptly dies, leaving the Crandall short on cash. Sue Ellen finds a sweet job in fashion by lying about her age and experience on her resume. But while her siblings run wild, she discovers the downside of adulthood. I'm getting rid of her for two whole months. I can go to the beach. I can stay out as late as I want. I can do anything. I'm a free woman. Hi. Hello, dear. I'm Mrs. Sturak. I'm the babysitter. What? All right, you little maggots and Alana. Are you serious? I'll make your summer a living hell. TV rots your brain. It's time we let her know the rules. Yeah, we outnumber her. Let's kick some butt. This is Sturak. Mr. Eck? Oh my god. She died in her sleep. They'll probably blame us. Hey, be careful. I got her. No, I mean my skateboard. Rock and roll! What? How's my baby? In your dreams, babe. Oh, how you doing, Mom? No, Mrs. Durack's not here. She, um, she went to the yarn store. So, what do you guys want for breakfast? Cheese omelet. SpaghettiOs. Breakfast is served. Bow the lawn today, and don't forget to do the dishes, okay? Ah! Dishes are done, man.
Dishes are done, man. 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 Is that where the trailer ended? Yes. The silence Pat's, of Pat. Pat's follow-up comment. Is that where the movie could have ended? Yes. Castle. Uh, <laughs> that's what it says here, sir. The castle. Uh, uh, do you think he meant the Kemog? I don't know. All right. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Bo, it sounds like you've watched this one before. I have. You have? Yeah, several times. Okay. Did you watch this one closer to when it came out? Yes. Yes, okay. we did. I think we saw this, my brother and I, as as young, impressionable ute. Mm. What's a ute? <laughs> <laughs> only, Joe, only Joe Pesci knows. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and for Pat and myself... You wouldn't know it from the uh, similarity in our opinions, but we didn't watch it together. Mm. We did watch it separately. Mm-hmm. We wish we had watched it separately from itself. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means. Mm-mm. Yeah. Pat? How's this movie make you feel? Not good. Okay. I'll be honest. I didn't feel good. Okay. And, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. All okay. right. You're not going to uh, hurt anyone's feelings. Except Donna's. I didn't. <laughs> the, the, the thing you have going for you, and, and I mean this gentleman with all. She doesn't listen to the show. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> She's, you can't see on the background of Bo's picture. She's sitting in one of those leather recliners and just crying because she heard what you said about this movie. That or sharpening an ax. I'm not sure. Well, it could be true too. I'm not sure, you know. Yeah how that whole thing uh, okay so, yeah, so she doesn't, doesn't listen to the show so, so un- unleash feel- pat go for it unleash oh i just I'm, i'll just keep it just doesn't make me feel good okay. all right i i just it feels kind of like yeah and that's what i felt like two and a half minutes in like the kids talking to the mom that way and the mom talking to the kids that way and it, it was just ugh. and that's just kind of how i felt Given the premise of this movie, because the premise of this, I remember seeing the cover of this movie a lot, you know, as a kid, you go to Blockbuster and you'd see the cover of this movie. Oh, yeah. um, you go to the video stores, wherever it was. And so I remember I'm like, I bet that movie's funny. Like, don't tell yeah. mom the babysitter's dead. That sounds hilarious. Like, I want to see that movie. Just never did. You know, never, never watched it. Never had an opportunity to watch it. And. Um, it just never ended up on any of my lists of, Oh, Hey, I got to see this. And the premise of the movie seems like one that 12 year old John would be like, yeah, that's a fun movie. That's a funny movie. Let's say 30 year old John. Cause I feel like it. Um, it, Bo don't laugh at me. Um, let's say that, John now would still say, Hey, that the premise of the, the idea of this movie is like, there's some potential there. Like we we could, we could get into some like hijinks kind of stuff here. So Pat, is there anything this movie could have done to make you feel better? Oh, I think whatever you're saying 
<laughs> whatever you're saying makes sense. I think what you're saying makes sense. And I think maybe if I would have seen this movie young, you know, like when we watched UHF and Tammy goes, I could see why you enjoyed this movie when you were 12. I, I think if I had that nostalgia piece, I think that I would give it more tolerance. Um, I also, you know, I get where, you know, it's showing a girl basically that is able to bring her family together and go out and get a job and be successful. And in the end, you know, she was lying an awful lot, but was able to tell the truth. But, you know, the story, it had a happy ending. It was like, yeah, the truth will set you free. She came clean. This is where I fell short. But because of her skills, she was able to be successful, right? And so I think, you know, there's a fun message in there. Um, it's just that, you know, I, so I, I guess the overall premise could have worked. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like it's been done a bunch. It's like, I feel like, oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, I know. Mm, I feel like I've seen this all before. You know, that's kind of what got in the way for me. But yeah, I think I think there's, you know, it's not like a complete like, you know, dumpster fire that's just like this is complete, you know, malarkey. It, it, there's, you know, with a complete rewrite of the idea, I think, you know, it would appeal to me a little bit more. I didn't have as much problem. Like I, I know with the mom, kind of the way she talked to the kids at the beginning, the way the babysitter talked to the kids um, and just kind of that whole dynamic, that part didn't, I mean, that part still bothered me, but it didn't bother me as much as I think it probably bothered you, Pat. Mm -hmm. What I think bothered me as I started, as I kept watching this movie, I didn't, I didn't feel that anger toward it from the get go. It kind of built over time. And for me, I think the reason that built over time was because as I'm watching this movie, this movie did not benefit at all from coming after things like Home Alone and Big and Adventures in Babysitting and I don't know, pick something because I'm watching this. I'm going, oh, that's like Big. Now I just want to yeah. watch Big. Mm. Oh, that's like Home Alone. Now I just want to watch Home Alone. It was, it didn't have any of the charm. I know we say that a lot. Like this one didn't have any of the charm of those other movies. Mm -hmm. Like she gets in the situation. Well, start from the beginning. The mom is going to go off to Australia for a couple of months. She's going to be there for the summer with her boyfriend. Um, clearly her kids are not doing well. Uh, things are kind of in dis disarray and the house doesn't even look like it's in great shape either. Mm -hmm. Um, Perfect time to leave for a few months. Great to, time to leave to for a Australia. couple months. Right. Yeah. Let's go to Australia with your boyfriend or whatever. Um, and clearly there's been a, I, I don't know. I don't remember if they say how recent it's been, but there's been a, either a separation or a divorce. And so the kids are, you know, still not super thrilled about that. So, I mean, that part, yes, the original, the, the basis of this movie is you know, the mom should not have gone to Australia. Mm -hmm. Bad move by the mom to begin with. Um, I think I had more of a problem with how these kids, how their characters were written. Mm -hmm. And then as the movie progressed, it seemed like it was just trying to cherry pick from other movies that did it better. Yeah. And then when you get towards the end, and I, I know we can talk a little bit more about it before we jump straight to that. But as you get towards the end of the movie, then when it gets to the point where the, the kids kind of band together to help their sister get through this 
uh, massive party that she's arranged for the company that she works for. Then all of a sudden it's like, boom, everybody flips the switch. And all of a sudden, yes, we will be helpful and we'll do all the things that you've asked us to do this entire movie that we neglected. Right. Like, eh, like that, that turnaround is too fast. Like you, you gotta, I need to see that build a little bit more over time. I, my, the one specific example that really kind of bothered me was the kind of the stoner brother Mm-hmm. That is just he's doing nothing the entire time. And in fact, he's almost actively, um, you know, opposing some of the stuff that she's that the the older sister's trying to do that swell is trying to do. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he watches like one episode of, you know, the joy of cooking with Julia Roberts. It's Julia Roberts, Julia Child. I would prefer mm-hmm. to watch it with Julia Roberts, but sure. um, the, you know, watches like one episode of Julia Child's cooking show. And all of a sudden he's a gourmet chef and that's what he wants to do with his life. Yeah. And now he's super helpful. Like he was a stoner and he was, you know, you know, completely lazy the entire movie. And all of a sudden he's like, no, we got to turn this around. Like we got to like, we got to do this now. I'm like, I don't know. It just, it's not believable. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I don't want to harp on that too much because I, I get that part of what this movie is supposed to be. This movie is probably not designed for me. This movie would be designed for 12 to 16 year old me. And so 40-year-old me is watching this and just being like, whatever. This is stupid. Yeah. One of the only parts that I actually kind of laughed out loud, thought was funny, was when the kid, when she walks in and she's like, what do you guys want for breakfast? And they're like, I'd like an omelet. I'd like this. And she just takes the entire bowl of cereal, dumps it in the huge bowl, pours all the milk in it, and like, breakfast is served. And then just walks mm-hmm. away like that part. I actually laughed out loud at that part. The rest of the movie, not so much. I mean, I tolerated it. I didn't, I didn't sit there going. And even at the end, I didn't actually sit there going, wow, I just wasted an hour and 42 minutes of my life. But I did at the end of it, sit there going, all right, well, I saw it. It wasn't what I was thinking it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching it again, but I sat through it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I think for me, that's where it kind of started to fall apart because the idea of the movie, obviously the the mom goes off and then it seems like the sweet old babysitter, but then she very quickly, you know, turns into, you know, drill sergeant, uh, Sturak as soon as the mom leaves. And, you know, she's just pretty nasty to the kids too, the way she's talking to them and everything. And, and, uh, then not too long after that, she quickly dies. And uh, they, like a newborn baby, dropped off at the firehouse. They uh, drop her off at the local funeral home and did not realize that all the cash that the mom had left for their two months to buy groceries and everything else was probably still in her pocket. So then we've got a bit of a conundrum because now the kids have no money and they got to figure out a way to do it. So let's lie on our resume and let's go get a let's go get a, a nice uh, fat corporate paycheck. And we'll go from there. Because no one's going to check references. No, no. Yeah. And I don't know. There were some of the dumpster fire of a company. Good Lord. (laughs) Right. Come on. They kind of deserve to go under the incompetent. The incompetence level on display Mm -hmm. was a little much for me. I got to be honest. Yeah. And I could probably tolerate all the zany and disbelievable, you know, like I I wouldn't be sitting here punching holes in every little thing if 
the characters had a little bit more of a redeeming quality to them. And you know what I'm saying? But really, she was the only one that really did until all the kids decided to flip the switch and work together. And that stoner brother, boy, that guy was just, ugh. I mean, that like, I just, I just found nothing entertaining about that until, you know, he becomes the nice guy. And it's like, okay, like overall, I get how it's like he was messed up before, but now he's doing the right thing. But again, it happened so quick. You're not given that, that arc, right. That development. So it's just kind of seems like, oh, well, we're the writers and we're just going to write it in this direction because we can, you know, and right. that was do you think some of that was because this movie is geared towards teenagers? I mean, do you think like a teenager is going to watch this and say, what do you mean redeeming? I don't need a character to be redeeming. Like they were just sticking it to the adults. Sure. That's part of my thought. I mean, part of my thought is that if we had watched this as teenagers, probably would have a very different outlook on this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, come on, you watch it in the right altered state of mind, I'm sure it's even funnier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't want to be arrogant enough to think that, well, I'm the audience for this movie. Not every movie is made for Pat, you know, I mean, that's fine. Um, And I guess I would get that, but yeah, he was just so vile to her and, and yeah. And the kid getting hurt because of his negligence and, well, and and that's not entirely an uh, well falling off the roof, maybe, but you know that's not unbelievable. I mean, you know, there's kids that you know, older brothers and sisters that have to watch younger brothers and sisters and don't take care of them, and there's consequences, you know. And mm-hmm. so, I, I, you know, it's it's not that that scene's a problem, really. Frankly, I think I can boil it down to this: I don't know what this movie was about. And if I had watched it as a teenager, I don't think I would care. I think I would just be like, yeah, it was funny. This is a girl from uh, Married with Children. She's funny. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she lied her way lied her way to get in this job. And she's got this great job now. And she's getting paid a bunch of money. And the kids are, like, buying this whole, like, audio video setup. And, you know, ah, the one kid fell off the roof. And now she's got to pretend to be his mom at the hospital. And that's kind of funny, too. And. You know, they got this whole scheme now and they got to put this party together and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's fun. It, but me now watching it, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea of the, I, I guess, I guess part of me is like, I want to see a little bit more of, you know, dealing with the fact that they don't have a babysitter. <sighs> And how she's able to, I mean, for the most part, really, a 17-year-old is able to fairly masterfully handle driving into the city as a single parent, working this job (laughs) that she is completely unqualified to do. Somehow she's, I I bet she's amazing at school. She's the person in the group that gets everybody else to do the work for her Mm -hmm. when they do group work. Um. She's very good at all this for a 17 year old. Mm-hmm. And, and really other than the time where the one little brother, you know, falls off the roof or the one kid falls off the roof. And I mean, in a situation like this, I would expect the house to be on fire in like day two. Right. 
And I really, don't feel the only casualty was the dishes. Yeah. And that could have been avoided. Bad. And that could have been avoided if you just didn't have the stoner brother. Well, right. He's a waste of space most of the time. Yeah. But I don't know what I, I really don't know. <clears throat> when I look at this as a movie, I don't know what the movie was supposed to accomplish. Was it supposed to say, look at her. She all grown up now. Mm-hmm. Or the adults are no good. We can get along without them. I, I don't know. I, I just, I kind of get stuck trying to think of what was the point of this movie? What other than the action of she's got to make money so she can buy groceries for her family until her mom gets back two months from now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily know what happened. And right. there were stretches of time where her relationship with Brian, the, the kid from the fast food place, there were stretches of time where I had to stop for a minute and go, wait a minute, did I miss a scene? Yeah. Like, I feel like I missed something in, in their relationship and in their conversation with each other. It, it, things seem to like hop around and I don't know. It, it, and maybe it was my frame of mind when I was watching it, but it just seemed like to me, it seemed the, the, the writing of this was very disjointed. But yeah. John, they watched the Grunion run. That's fine. <laughs> oh, that scene was so weird. Yeah. Now, the whole movie is weird. So I'm just wondering if, if you know, you watching this as a teen in the 90s, you're like, yeah, man, it is weird. And that makes it cool. Yeah. Like, okay. Maybe. Funny and goofy and... Mm-hmm. The kids won, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I could see where that, boil it down, that would appeal to, you know, some folks. And, and even if as an adult maybe has outgrown this movie, the nostalgia provides the link that keeps you coming back to it, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that that uh, does all right. And does it hold up? Well, that's the thing about cult movies or not cult, but you know, movies like that, that yeah. I mean, if you liked it, then there, there's enough of a nostalgia piece that'll keep you coming back and not thinking too hard about the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So. I'd also like to inquire and, and I, I, people can forgive my ignorance if, if this is not necessarily an acceptable term anymore. Um, why did drag queens steal the car? I beats me. <laughs> Why not? I, I mean, I think that's, I think that would be the answer. Why not? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the answer for this whole movie. Like, so we yeah. got to find a way for them to like, not have a car so that they can, so that she can call the boy that she thinks is kind of cute and he can help him out. So how do they get the car? St- drag queens. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like the I feel like the Stoner brother was maybe based on some of the writers and the I don't want to say that about you know the writers, but like yeah yeah I some of this just it, it, it's exactly that phrase. Some of the stuff in this movie just seems like well, what do we do in this situation? Ah, let's do this. <laughs> Why mm-hmm. not? Why not? Let's just do it. Yeah, and. 
And I mean, okay, so I get it that there's going to be siblings, like in this case, the stoner brother and all that are going to be problematic for a family or mean to their siblings or, well, she stole money. I was going to say steal money, but she Mm -hmm. stole money. But it's like, you can't just then flip him at the end of the movie and make him like the awesome guy, right? You kind of got to inch that ahead, you know, like- You wanted the redemption arc. Yeah, if you're going to redeem them, Mm -hmm. you know? And that was just, and I get it. I think they were playing this movie for ha-ha funny kind of ha-ha funnies. Um, So, I mean, I don't want to- push something on it that they're just, Hey, this, there was no intention to do this with the movie, but I think that would be, that would be my point is just with, with a character like that, you need to give him an arc as to why he changed. Do you see why she changed? You know, Mm -hmm. she didn't see why he changed. And then the mom came back and was yelling at him in front of this big thing. You threw a party. Well, maybe scope the scene a little bit. It's not your normal party. So why don't you just like, Support your daughter, and then later ask her what the heck was going on. Well, for what that's worth, at least the mom is consistent. The mom from the True. beginning, you did not think would ask questions. She would just right. damn the torpedoes. Right. And that's the thing, for, you know, and then I, you're exactly right. It's it's consistent, but I mean, that's just the writing of the mom character and what, you know, her actions. I just... I was like, well, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that any self-respecting parent would leave in that situation is ridiculous. I mean, right. And I was, I mean, I was like I said before, I was half expecting to be like, I bet I'm going to watch this and be like, yeah, that's the one that I remember seeing that cover. I remember thinking about, hey, I bet that movie's going to be really funny and then just never having seen it. And then I was kind mm-hmm. of expecting this would be one of those that I'd watch it be like, yeah, no, me as a, me as a kid in 91, I would have watched this and I would have thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And part of me comes away saying, yeah, now I probably would have. And there's another part of me that's like, yeah, I don't know. Some of it seems a bit of a stretch. And I hate myself for it. Well, there's, yeah, maybe that's, <laughs> that's probably the better response. Well, so they do get, we get to the end of the movie, as we've kind of already said, we get towards the end of the movie and the, the rest of the family magically turns it around, um, and starts, uh, oh, they get the dog stoned. I wasn't a fan of that either. I, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. got angry at that one too. Yeah. And I mean, I know there's people out there that do all sorts of things to pets and, and stuff like that, but yeah, they're stupid too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, as as a new dog owner, I'm I'm not going to pull any punches on that one. You do anything like that to your dog, you're stupid. Yeah. 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 Uh, so they do get to the end of the movie here. And, uh, you know, if at first your lie does not succeed, lie harder mm-hmm. and uh, keep lying. That's the next uh, Die Hard movie. Yes. Yes. Lie harder. Lie harder. Yes. That's the. Uh, no, never mind. Um, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. No. No. And I get, I get the whole like, lie okay, hard I, with a vengeance. I, I'm in, I'm in over my head. Like I got a hard. job that I'm not supposed to have. What do I do? Yeah. All that kind of thing. It, but there really was no resolution of that. Well, they discovered her lying, stealing from the petty cash. The person from down the hall was right. doing the reports and everything like that. And it's like, you know, show a little bit of, 
of that resolution. There's some consequences. Like you lied. That's not good. Okay. Well, here's how I'm going to fix it. I'll work it off. There's, there's no consequences. It's, do you want a job? No, no, I think I might go to college. Well, okay. Might be a job waiting for you when you get out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, I, and I get, I, I I didn't like it. So I'm going to beat on the movie a little bit more and I'm sorry for that. But that was, that was a, that was a struggle just when you saw the other things going on and that ending seeing the family come together. Like that's the thing, like seeing the family come together and the kids support each other. That would have been awesome. But then, you know, mom, go to bed. We'll talk about it in the morning. And it was like, okay, well, we never even get to see them talk about it in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. like they didn't show us the, the things that I think I would have, that would have made the movie more tolerable for me. They, they didn't even show. So, you know, the whole mom character was just there to hassle the kids, whether they were doing good or bad. She was hassling them. Yeah. And she wasn't even there. Right. I think from, I think for me, what could have made this movie better is don't send the mom to Australia for two months. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's not enough. That's almost too far. For her to go. If you want to do, because what I'm picturing is when I, when I hear the title, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I feel like there should be a lot more hijinks related to the death of the babysitter. Yeah. It, it gets yeah. it out of the way so fast yep. that there's no. So here's my thought. And I heard actually there was something from earlier this year. They are doing a remake of this movie. So they're working on it right now. Yeah. Um, I had heard that. I was not. Yeah. This is one I felt it has a special place. It is what it is, and mm. that's enough. It should just stay in that place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's my thought. I mean, if they are going to read, and of course, I'm sure they're listening. Um, the, and care. Don't, yes, don't and, and care. care what we have to say. I, I I think Val Kilmer is probably one of the producers, and he listens to us while he's mowing his lawn anyway. So, right, right. Um, there you go. So, yeah. So here's what I think. I think what they should have done is they should have had the mom – whatever it is that that the mom has to do, maybe the mom is working an extra job because she's now a single mother and she's having to take care of these kids and she's frustrated and she's angry and she kind of takes it out on the kids a little bit and the kids are angry because they don't understand what she's going through. Have the mom maybe have to work a second job. So she's there and we can see some progression of the mom and the kids coming closer together Mm-hmm. through some kind of understanding, but have it be that for some reason, she's got to have a babysitter there for the kids. And right. it's more of like an each day thing. Like the kids have to come up with an excuse each day for, well, why didn't I see the babysitter? Well, she left you a note. She had to like leave early and she left she a note the yarn and, store. or she had to go to the yarn store. Right. And like, I, I think that could have made it better, but you push the mom off to the other side of the world and you say that she's there for two months and then you can completely forget about that part of the story. And then she just comes back at the end and there's no, Pat, as you said, there's like no resolution to that at all. Mm-hmm. You haven't got to see the mom grow in any way. You, I feel like you barely got to see Christina Applegate's character grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, so she became a little bit better at her job by getting other people to do it for her. Right. And then she has suddenly these magical abilities to, completely turn around the, uh, the fashion line of this company. Right. 
Yeah, and how about a little how about a little redemption for that wide-eyed secretary? Like maybe she becomes the mm-hmm. executive assistant at the end, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. A little help for a sister, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. And I mean, this this wouldn't be that hard to get her into the clothes design thing. Look at what they did with Big. Right. Right? right? Like you could have simply done that. <laughs> like, okay, you know, put her in the mail room or whatever, and then she's commenting on the clothes or mm-hmm. something like that. Or even, okay, she lies her way into the job and then discovers that, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to design clothes and then have that be a plot point that she goes to the boss and says, look, here's what – you know, here's what I'm good at. Here's the truth. And here's so-and-so from down the hall did those reports. Did you like those reports? Yeah. So-and-so did them. So bring mm-hmm. so-and-so over to this office. And, you know, I mean, it, I think there would have been ways to make the story a little bit more plausible and maybe the character is a little bit more likable. There's a perfect time for her to show some growth or for her to show having to make that transition from kid to adult. If this mm-hmm. is a coming of age story, there's a perfect time to do it. And it's all, it's all talked about pretty much off camera and she's never directly involved in it, which I think is a huge mistake. The whole mm-hmm. thing of their big account is school uniforms. Mm-hmm. They got the big school uniform account and well, if this doesn't go well, they're going to make a presentation to the superintendent of the schools. And if it doesn't go well, then well, they're in deep doo doo. Um, why would you not use that as a writer of this movie? Why would you not use that as an example to say, Hey, let's get the 17 year old who's pretending to be a 28 year old or whatever she is. And let's have her get put in charge of that so that she's got to go to the school and she has to be the one to help argue, even though truly as a 17 year old, she would be totally against this in her normal life, but she's got to be the one to help the company argue for the opposite of what she would argue for, you know, in real life. Right. But the only thing that ever happens is like her boss shows up the next day. She's like, Nope, voted against it. They hated it. The kids put out a petition. Didn't go well. I'm like, that would have been the perfect situation for her to show some sense of, well, I got to grow up and I got to move past this 17 year old sensibility. And they just didn't do it. Mm hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Or make the thing totally like a dazed and confused type of thing, which is just supposed to be entertaining and all that. And mm-hmm. then just make it make it fluff. But the thing in dazed and confused, all the characters had some redeeming quality or they were likable. Right. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. real villain guy was the Ben Affleck character and he got his. Right. So. Yeah. You know, like uh, make the stoner brother a little bit nicer. Okay. Like make his redeeming arc. Like he saves his younger brother from falling off the roof and then begins to think, or, you know, he starts to make food. You know, I, I just, there were ways that you could have written this that I, 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 you know, would have found. Yeah. It either just more fluff and ha ha, like watching dazed and confused or more meaningful, like, Hey, that's a powerful story. Or, and again, I get it. Like if folks watch this when they were 12 or 13 and didn't quite, you know, you're not quite thinking on those lines, like we're talking about now. So I can see where the nostalgia kind of keeps them going, but yeah, this was, this was kind of a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah. Agreed. 
and the, I mean, and I'll be honest, like the guys coming in to hit on her, like the one guy hitting on her at the, at the company, mm-hmm. you know, he always had like this big band score underneath him. Mm-hmm. Right. It was always like this. And it wasn't even like sleazy kind of like, you know, uh, you know, real like uh, place of adult entertainment type, you know, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. You know well, I was even, I wasn't even going to sing bad to the bone. I don't even know what I'm yeah. singing, but it wasn't it wasn't like the the, j- the, the jazz music, the, the swing music being played didn't have a sleazy sound to it, but it was used to represent the bad guy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if I really like that so much <laughs> using the music yeah. to characterize that. And that kind of stuff is important to me. That's my favorite kind of music, you know. I mean, they did, they did something similar in Ferris Bueller where when the principal was walking around, they had kind of that swing thing going, um, but they made it kind of silly. You know, remember when he flipped up his glasses, they kind of Mickey Mouse it with the band. You know, you had, you know, you have those little hits and that wasn't here. It was just like a straight up big band tune. And it was like, yeah. why are we playing this for like the sleazy guy that, I don't know, I yeah, like yeah. I said, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we jump into three questions? I have thunk my thoughts. You've thunk your thoughts. All right. You've thunk your thoughts. And now it's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. May God have mercy on our souls. Question number one. What is your worst babysitter you ever had? (laughs) Bo, that sounds like a story. Um, yeah, but it's a silly one. Like we were lucky growing up. There was always family around. Um, so we didn't really have, like, I don't really remember, um, many babysitters. So, but the worst of, of was family. Of course it was my uncle Brian. Um, he had, he had charge of us for a weekend. Um, Maybe a couple days during the week too. I'm not really sure. It was an extended period of time. Mom was on a on a work trip actually, and he was seeing a woman at the time. My my mom and my uncle are, gosh, maybe fifteen years apart. Um, she's the third oldest. He's the baby of seven. So there's a big spread there. So he's a younger guy. You know, at the time, um, he was seeing a woman and I've never really asked because I never really wanted to know if like spending this much time in malls was like what they did or what. But we spent the better part of a Saturday and a Sunday in a mall one weekend and the last place my brother and I wanted to be. So he took us to Gurney Mills on Saturday where we walked around the whole thing. (laughs) And then on Sunday it was, let's go to Woodfield and meet up with this girl I'm seeing. Well, my brother and I being the cantankerous sort basically said no 
And I don't know if you were ever at Woodfield back in the day, but in the center area, there was this big area where you could just sit. There was basically steps that you could sit on. And we just said, no, we're going to just sit here. If that's okay. We're not walking around another mall this weekend. That is not. Um, no, <laughs> we'll be right here. Come back and get us later. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember. Cause at the time, I don't know if we even had like game boys or anything. I think we just sat there and just shook our head. I was going to say, if I was put in that same situation, I'd be like, Hey uncle, why don't you just give me a whole stack of quarters? I'm going to go to the <laughs> arcade and you go do whatever, whatever you need to do. Oh, I'm right. sure we tried that. Yeah. I'm just not sure he had the well, stack of quarters for us. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I just remember thinking, what is this? What somewhat adults do? <laughs> they just go in the, oh, thank God that isn't what adults do. Like, mm-hmm. oh God, I would have freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to grow up. Like who can spend that much time in a mall? I mm. still don't understand. And I know what the purpose is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that was probably worst babysitter. Okay. Not really that bad. I mean, I, I will fully acknowledge. Okay. All right. Patrick, what about you? <sighs> no bad babysitters, really. I mean, it was all kind of good. We kind of r- raised a little cane there with our babysitters. I mean, we had a good friend of the family meet my parents at the door and say, yeah, I'm not going to be watching your kids again. <laughs> And um, I know that uh, my grandparents even kind of turned on us one time because, you know, things we were kind of raising, raising Killarney there. And my sister was down watching TV and my brother and I had the remote outside. We smuggled it out. And so we were hanging out of the window and turning the channels on her, you know, and she'd be just watching her show. And then she, she was up and this was like the complete meltdown final incident right as my parents were pulling up is my grandparents were like, yeah, it's been a little rough. Here's the thing. And now that they had my brother and I come around the corner with the TV remote and my sister's like in tears, like and the TV is not working and I can't figure why and we're both have the remote. And uh, my grandparents are like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe you guys need more family time. I don't think, don't, don't worry about calling us. If you want to use a babysitter, feel free. Now that obviously changed. Our grandparents were very warm and caring and took us back in. But yeah, I guess those would kind of be the low points is when we, we went through the babysitters that refused to come back to the house. Nice. That's awesome. By the way, I think that's when I started babysitting my brother and sister. Yeah. I, I can't, I mean, we did have babysitters from time to time. Sometimes it was family. Um, and I'm trying to remember all I can really think of are different situations, you know, like either maybe not even necessarily like a babysitter kind of thing. But um, I do remember when we lived in England, uh, we had this babysitter and she was the she's probably like the, the teenage older sister of one of my sister's friends. And I remember, I think her, her boyfriend came over to the house to watch TV for a little bit while we were there. And then they went out. Yeah. And then they went, um, they actually went out into the, into the yard to smoke a cigarette cause she was a smoker. Um, and I remember, I think we locked her out of the house. Yeah. I think we locked her out of the house while they were out smoking That's a cigarette. Funny. Nice. And that was kind of funny. I mean, eventually we had to let her back in, but, um, yeah, I think we locked her out of the house. But did you? Well, no, probably not. Probably not. Um, 
But then I just, I think of a couple of other situations where like there was a stretch of time before we moved to England, my mom and dad had gone to England for it's either a week or two weeks. And my aunt and grandmother had stayed with us for that period of time. And I just remember in that, in that situation, it was, what was it? My sister, I want to say my sister was in preschool at that point, And she just started crying the one day and when they were going to take her to preschool and she started crying and she just said, mom doesn't make me go to school if I don't want to. And of course, you know, my grandmother, she had not had kids in a long time. And my aunt was so young at that point, she didn't have any kids of her own yet. And so it was my aunt's job that day to take my sister to preschool. And she believed her. She's like, oh, you don't have to go if you don't want to. No, mom doesn't make me go if I don't want to go. Okay, well, I guess we can just stay home then. Yeah, I think that would be better. <laughs> okay, so we stayed home. We've got to give her credit, I guess. Awesome. <clears throat> I, uh, yeah. So you got to put on the caveat, like, yeah, you can stay home, but here's everything you're cleaning, starting with the toilets. Right. Well, there you go. Here's the toothbrush. That's what, if I was in charge, that's what would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number two, as a kid, if you were going to lie your way into your dream job, what would that dream job have been? So I'm thinking, Ooh. I'm thinking like, not now, but right. let's, let's say when you were 17, if you were the same age she is in this movie, when you were 17, what would your dream job have been that you'd lie your way into? Now, Sharon and I talked about this, and we both agreed, based on the current climate in the United States, we are very glad we did not opt for our dream jobs. <laughs> My dream job at 17 would have been, I wanted to be a journalist. Yeah. And she wanted to be, uh, she wanted to be the secretary of the EPA and have a cabinet position in the U.S. government. Hmm. Yeah. So we're very glad those did not work out. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a, give it a few more months here and then Mm -hmm. maybe we can start to entertain those again. Mm -hmm. What about you gentlemen? Well, that's a tough one. What did you want? So that would have been like, what would you, we would have been like juniors in high school at 17. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I wanted to do back then. Is that bad? No. <laughs> lied my way. Maybe a pilot, but it's hard to lie your way into being a pilot. Yeah. Um, so what could I have lied my way into? Well, you'd think it'd be hard to lie your way into being a corporate secretary. You would think. Without the ability to fax. Yeah. He's hey, man, she figured out a fact. She figured out how to get somebody else to fax for her. (laughs) Well, there's that, too. Yeah. Um, Gosh, what would I have done? Well, way back in the day, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. I wanted to go around and dig dig up, you know, places of antiquity and get into adventures and all that kind of stuff. X never, ever marks the spot. (laughs) X marks the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess that's what I want to do now. Like, you're talking... 17 and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I I mean, by that time I was really, really getting into music. So I guess if I wasn't going to be a teacher, I think it'd be cool to, you know, get picked up by a, like a touring band and, and play in a band or something like that. But that situation is if you lie your way in, you're going to get figured out real quick that you can't play. So you kind of, you know, 
for that job, you want to audition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, cause like to lie your way in, I think they, they discover you pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I guess that one's okay. I guess my answer kind of petered out a little bit, but I guess if I, you know, I wanted to be a musician when I was 17. And so I would have tried to get into a band. And I mean, if I could do what I wanted to do when I was younger, I, I, I'd like lie my way into being Indiana Jones's research assistant. There you go. If that's not too outlandish. Intern Anna Jones. That's right. There you go. A lot. <laughs> like that yeah the, the the school the college he teaches at sent me to be like his uh, teacher assist mm-hmm. you know, his ta yeah so TA, you grade all the papers and i audit the class by you know adventuring around and fighting nazis mm-hmm. does he have a ta in uh, last crusade or is that a secretary in that one scene I think that's a secretary. He has that one person telling him that, you know, his, the papers still haven't been graded and here's his phone calls and. Yep. Okay. All right. With everyone yelling, Hey, hush, hush, hush. We'll see each and every one of you in turn. Take all their phone numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Bo, you weren't sure. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I guess I would have tried to lie my way on to the um, maybe the video production staff of the of a, of the Chicago Bears or something like that. Maybe nice. that would have been cool. Nice. Now, if you'd asked me at age seven, I would have lied my way on to being the host of Soul Train. Oh, so there it is. Seven, nice. I might have said astronaut. Yeah, I really like Soul Train. Cool. Right on. Good show. All right. Uh, let's see. Question number three. If you stole money from petty cash and got the chance to buy your dream AV setup, what would be the first movie you'd watch or album you'd listen to? Well, Top Gun, I think. Okay. Would be the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't think I'd steal from the petty cash. I just, that wouldn't be my, well, I, I know you wouldn't, but that being said, so let's say you were gifted your dream s- AV setup. So funny. You say that like, uh, in college, my buddy, uh, came from a small town in Wisconsin where the snowplow, uh, crashed into his car when it was parked oh. on the street. And so he got some money for it. And so he decided to buy an AV setup. Oh, nice. And, oh, that's money. <laughs> and, uh, now, his car, you had to, like, crawl through the window to get into it, all right, because he never got the car fixed. But we oh, had a heck of a stereo thing. A general and, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so we um, – I think the first thing we'd listen to, we'd listen to the Mahler, Mahler's Fifth Symphony. And we had that sucker cranked so you could be five blocks away and you could still hear the full <laughs> Chicago Symphony Orchestra, Sir George Schulte conducting – Mahler's fifth symphony. And you just hear that thing just reverberating through the neighborhood. And it was a moment of glory. So I think that's what I do. Nice. Uh, I kind of went back on this one a little bit. Um, I think my obvious answer would be star Wars. Mm. You know, you get the really nice setup. You got, you know, your speakers, your maybe surround sound, who knows? I, Star Wars, I think, is probably the obvious answer for me. The other one I might go with might be Matrix. 
Mm-hmm. Might, might do the first Matrix movie. Sure. Uh, the one I still haven't watched it yet, and it is a beautiful movie. The one that I th- this year, since I got a 4K, I don't have a 4K TV yet, but I do have a 4K uh, video me. player. Um, so all the movies I asked for for Christmas this year were all 4K Ultra HD discs. And uh, the one that I would love to, I'd love to upgrade my TV and be able to watch this on actual 4K is um, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. We did get that one, and I'm that one's pretty even before it's in 4K. Yeah. So no kidding. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think the obvious answer for me would be Star Wars, but I think I one of the first things that popped in my head was the Matrix. I think that'd be fun to see if you just had your dream set up with surround speakers and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, that was question three. That's it for the three questions. That's it for don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Pat, you made it through. I did. And I, I mean, it was good. I mean, like just kind of got past the first couple minutes of the movie and just you get into it and just kind of like let it just yeah. let it happen. And not not my bag. A little no. disappointed with no. this one. But I, and and I, I wanted that to kind of be clear, too. I don't hate this movie. Yeah. I just am very disappointed in what I think it could have been. Right. And, you know, it's I'm, I'm not going to watch it again. I watched it. I'm done. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, to be honest, like if I'd watch it when I was 12, I'd probably have that link and be like, oh, no, this is fun. You know, yeah. um, I love Iron Eagle. You know, yeah. the podcast got, wasn't too high on Iron Eagle. It seemed like there were parts that were kind of campy and disbelievable and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, that's OK. There's jet fighter planes and motorcycle mm-hmm. chases and all this kind of stuff. It's Iron Eagle. But, you know, so, I mean, it's okay to, you know, there's movies that aren't like Citizen Kane or, you know, Casablanca. Right. And there's a place for them, too. That's fine. You and Johnny Lawrence can like what you like. There it is. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to find more about our show, go to 30podcast.com. That has all of our past episodes, of which there are a plethora. Uh, So feel free to go check out those. I did say we have a plethora. Um, So, (laughs) yes, Um, that's episode 50. If anybody wants to go back and listen to that one. And uh, yeah, that was that long ago. Yeah, it was that long ago. Yeah, because I I made a comment when we watched um, when we watched Father of the Bride. And then the next night we watched um, uh, Three Amigos. Um, I, I had mentioned that. I said, yeah, you know, actually, that was our 50th episode of our podcast. Oh, wow. Like a million years ago. Jeez. So, but yes, 30podcast.com. You can uh, check out our Patreon page there and become a co-executive producer, get access to our special episodes that only members have there. Um, Leave a voicemail, you know, get in touch with us. So we'd love to hear from you. But uh, if you want to kind of look ahead, our next few episodes coming up in February of our family month are regarding Henry and the Adams family. Our February, February Patreon episode, which is probably coming out in a few days or so from now, is Willy Wonka from 1971, reaching its 50th anniversary this year. Uh, March is our Girl Power Month. We've got Necessary Roughness, My Girl, Thelma and Louise, Fried Green Tomatoes, and Soap Dish. And the March Patreon episode is going to be Favorite Songs of 1990 and 1991. So uh, that is going to do it for us tonight. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Jeff is not even here. He's here in spirit. Yes. There you go. He was here with us earlier. Well, uh, but thank you, Pat. And thank you, Bo. 
Thank you, John. Thanks, John. This was fun. As always, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time. 